Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to the UK Film Review Podcast. Uh, I'm your host for this evening, or whenever you're listening to this episode, uh, Chris Olsen. And joining me tonight is Robert State. Hi, Robert. Hello. Uh, and tonight the episode will be focusing on indie filmmaker Sean Baker. Um, I would say probably best known for Tangerine. Do you think that's fair, Rob? Is that his best, best film? Uh, I'd say the Florida Project got a lot more attention, but both of them did. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, But yeah, we're going to be talking about Sean Baker um, because of the imminent release, uh, or depending on when you're listening, the release of Red Rocket, um, his new film. But we're going to take a look at a couple of his big films, maybe a couple of his short films, and uh, yeah, and then we'll take a look at Red Rocket near the end, uh, which I haven't seen (laughs) straight away, but but Robert has seen it. So um, yeah, we're going to talk about that a bit later on. Um, But first off, I mean, Robert, what are your feelings on Sean Baker in general as a filmmaker? Oh, well, in, in general, so what I'd say is that um, I think he's definitely like one of the um, uh, best, like, uh 2010s talents that have kind of emerged i mean i say 2010s even though he's been making movies since the 2000s but um in the 2010s is when he's kind of emerged quite a lot and um his films or at least a couple of his recent films feel very very like they're they they've got their um heads firmly in the era that sounds like a weird phrase the 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 they they've got their like um their stories are very, very firmly set in the era of the 2010s when they came out. Uh, and although there's like, you, you, like 
uh, you can argue that there is an element of timelessness to the stories i do feel like there's a strong connection to the present in the movies that he does make um and i do really like that about him and i just think that like um uh his movies have been very consistently good they've been uh, very consistently um a showcase of like you know like worlds that uh we don't typically get to see in movies or we do see but you know maybe like it's not shown in as much detail or it's not quite given as much realism in you know fictional cinema but um i think he's a really really like good observer i would say of that kind of of these very like distinctly american but still um even for somebody who lives in the uk like very very like real and truthful parts of life yeah i think that's that's really fair to say you make some really good points there about his style and the yeah the contemporaneous of what he's doing one of the, the the phrases that got banded around a lot by critics about baker was um he has a very humanist approach to his storytelling and that's definitely something i've picked up on you know that he is very character driven and it's his stories are often about very real people even if they may have you know interesting quirks and uh dilemmas but it is you know it's not about uh a distracting plot often it is a very sort of um intimate plot and and the characters feel very very real um so i think the best place to start and and you know do the characters feel no less uh, real than in his 2015 film tangerine which I actually watched after I'd seen the Florida project, but I, th- I feel that it's probably best to start with his earlier film. Um, so, I mean, for those who don't know the, the, the plot of Tangerine, how would you, how would you summarize that? Oh, uh, well, uh, what I'd say is that it's kind of got two different narratives. Um, the narr- the first one is about um, a couple of uh, uh, trans um uh, prostitutes who are basically working in LA and you know it immediately it, it gets itself going pretty quickly because it's a, you know one of them has served a bit of time in prison and has just gotten out and then um uh you know it's, oh, oh yeah to, to, to name the characters like like the uh, the main one is called uh Cindy uh, I can't remember what the other one's called though uh, which is weird, really weird but anyway so so the other one tells Cindy uh, that basically was it was it Alexandra I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Alexandra tells Cindy that um, basically what's happened is that like her boyfriend has been cheating on her with like, you know, a girl whose name starts with like a D and then that sends her on a journey to find this girl and then confront her boyfriend and stuff. And, you know, what's kind of noteworthy is that it's kind of like shedding a light on, you know, the um, the kind of like LA like prostitution scene because, you know, she's like her boyfriend's a pimp and, you know, um, uh, you're also getting a sense of a couple of the people who like, you know, frequent services of prostitutes including like uh the one who we follow mostly is this uh, armenian cab driver who specifically likes uh, trans women and you know like we see how these stories kind of converge like especially in like the final act when they really really directly converge and stuff like that um but that's kind of way it's kind of a, it's a journey film but it's also kind of a study a bit of like relationships and sexuality and all of that yeah, and I, I, you know, it is a difficult plot actually to sum up because of the the chaos. I think it's a very mm-hmm. chaotic film when when mm-hmm. I watched it. Um, but what I really 
loved about it was it had this frenetic energy to it because of the you know, it's being filmed on the streets of LA and I think it was filmed on an iPhone um, mm-hmm. and they sort of you know lots of handheld scenes and the there's such a vibrancy to it even you know and you say filmed on an iPhone and you know, if you've not seen the film you, you might immediately think oh wow that sounds that sounds horrific to watch but it's beautiful it's really stunning to watch you know some great visuals in there um i think they did adapt the phone to sort of make it better um but yeah it's still it's it's a incredible feat and um the result is really compelling very fast paced and it really zips along because yeah you've got this sort of um off kilter character of cindy who's hell bent on finding her her boyfriend and yeah they get into all kinds of trouble and trying to find out I, you know some of the scenes that really uh, stood out for me is there's a bit where she sort of drags the person who's potentially sleeping with her boyfriend onto a bus because she needs to get to her friend's music gig and she's like dragging this person with her and i just thought there's so many moments like that, that were just kind of like they were really funny but also really startling at the same time and it was i think that was like a, a culture shock which was so important to the film as you say it's exploring a scene that maybe not a lot of people know about but doing mm-hmm. it in a real up close personal way that just really worked for me um yeah i th- i th- thought it was great um really good uh, i mean what do you think about the performances because that's that's an interesting point in terms of the acting that he the actors he used yeah, well, I, well I, I thought all of them were really uh, convincing. You know, I felt, um, although a lot of the dialogue was scripted, there was this natural, like, quality to it. Um, in fact, if it, like, if you watch the movie, there's really only, like, one actor that's recognisable and all of the other ones are basically unknowns. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, it, it, it's one of those, like, movies where, um, uh, where, like, where a lot of the dialogue is said really, really quickly, uh, they they speak in really authentic sounding voices, like nobody's switching up their voice really. Um, mm. And it sort of it, it, like it feels again, it feels like very very like down to earth and real. Um, and I think that helps with the acting a lot because it then means that the actors aren't clearly being asked to like perform roles that they can't play. So they really convince, but there is also the sense that they do have to convince as the characters that they are playing. Um, you know, so so they're not like too far away from maybe what they're like in reality, but there's still, you know, there's still something about them that feels so like natural, you know, and that's a good quality across a couple of his films, you know, well across all, all the movies that I've seen of him, because typically he casts, um, you know, people who are like unknowns or people who, or, or even if they are a bit well known, they, like they're sort of cast in roles that you don't necessarily as- immediately associate them with. Mm. Yeah, and that blend of um, casting, so these sort of unknowns, and then you've got some real, yeah, I think probably Willem Dafoe is probably the, the biggest person I've seen in one of his films. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to really work. It, it sort of shouldn't, because you've got this, sometimes he's like hiring people from Instagram and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, just like influencers and things. And then you've got, yeah, like A-list Hollywood acting mm-hmm. talent and then against you know complete unknowns child actors and things but he just seems to be able to really get great performances and oh yeah we'll go on to the florida project in a minute but you know to be able to direct kids is such a difficult mm-hmm. job and you know and in this situation where you've got um such a fast-paced frenetic um storyline it would have been easy to kind of forget about the performances and kind of you know just move with how the plot is just driven forward but i actually felt 
it was such a good um you know, good level of acting in this film it really drew me into the characters their their distress and all the things that are happening to them it it was powerful um you know the acting was a big part of that and i think you know baker just shows himself to be such a good directing of people you know it goes back to that sort of humanist approach which he's got which is obviously going to be vital if you've got um these kind of stories you need the acting behind it and it, yeah i thought it worked really really well um it was on amazon prime for a time uh, it's kind of gone off there now but um it's definitely a film I'd, I'd recommend people seek if they can't if they can find it because um it just shows you also what you can kind of do on an indie budget and still make a very compelling modern modern thrilling film and it's very unique i've not really seen anything like it to be honest um Tangerine. yeah i mean well it's hard to say because um on the one hand i i can probably say that i've seen a bunch of movies that are like you know like i mean it's not explicitly like a crime movie but you but you could sort of say it's kind of it's inching towards the crime genre and that and there's a whole bunch of you know la set like um movies that are about that i'm sure there are plenty of films there, there, there are definitely a lot of movies about like prostitution and all that stuff mm. but i think that this film kind of um what it does is um it's it, it's because it's focusing on like such distinctive people like it's not just focusing on a prostitute it's focusing on a black trans woman uh two mm. black trans women uh it's not just that the uh guy who we're also following is you know a a regular like white dude he's like an armenian and he has family issues that we see and um i think that that differing perspective then helps the film to stand out naturally but just but just in general i think that the plot of it it's almost like if you took like the plot of a rom-com and then stripped it away of any like um like ultra contrivance or or even ultra romance you know and you just like planted it into this like much more real atmosphere uh and filmed it on like you know like again or like almost like one of the cheapest camera tools that you could use Mm. yeah it really works um and i think it's the you, you were saying earlier about that like um the feel of the decade and i think that is the feel of the decade where suddenly filming on a mobile phone became an option for filmmakers and now there's like festivals around the world that are just for entries with um films made on an iphone or, mm-hmm. or a smartphone and i think that you know this is that sort of top level of that being done um and I, yeah it's it's excellent um moving forward a couple of years um and I might do these together or, yeah, because in 2016, he made a short film called Snowbird. Did you get a chance to have a look at that? It was on his Vimeo channel. Did you have a chance? Uh, so, so I didn't have time to watch that one. I watched uh, the other short that was on there. Mm. Um, but, I mean, the, 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 that one I didn't. So, yeah. So, it, yeah. So what was it like? Well, yeah, it's because um, interestingly enough, both that and uh, Kite FW21, I think, um, they are, I think, they're, they're fashion promos. They're done to promote the cat, the uh, products of certain um, fashion makers. And they've, they've enlisted Sean Baker to create a film um, to help them sort of promote that. And I didn't know that when I watched Snowbird. And I actually thought, this is a really interesting piece. It's got a you know, sort of um, 
great look about it and the central character seems to be on some kind of personal journey so just to give you an idea of the plot she um she lives in a kind of uh nomadland-esque place in, amongst the trailer homes in the, in the american sort of wastelands if you will where there's no one around but people have sort of erected mobile homes and stuff and they they live off whatever they won't throw anything away and they, they sort of live around each other and just sort of survive and she's she's going around with this cake which she's just baked and having a slice of cake with some of the different people that she lives around and then she eventually um rocks up with um someone else and i won't spoil it because actually it's quite worth sort of seeing actually um and the fin- the finale of the film sort of gives a, an idea that maybe there's more to this character um and why she's doing what she's doing and yeah it was just a, it definitely revealed the humanist approach again showing these people very real looking people in their um in their homes that are sort of on the margins of American society. And that's definitely a recurring theme in Sean Baker's films. He likes to look at these characters who are, you know, they've been pushed to the sides by everyone, you know, and they've got to survive, you know, they're trying to survive in in whichever way they can. And I think that's a really powerful motif that he likes to explore. Um, And yeah, so then the other short, the, the kite F, FW21, it's a very strange um, I don't know if it's something to do with female wear, I'm not sure um, that was I really liked it but it felt like a music video more than anything else I mean, what did you oh, think of that one? It, well, it felt more. It felt like a trailer to, uh, to me personally, but that's just, that's kind of just the way it was edited in like the small bits that we did see um, but despite that, it was really, really it was, it was really fun to watch actually and um, it was just really, I thought it was really really beautifully filmed like, I don't know what it was about it, but it was, like, really beautifully gritty. And um, I, I don't know how to define, uh, like, cinematography like that, but it's, like, one of the kinds of cinematography that I really, really love, where, like, on the one hand, it doesn't, it's not, like, very polished. It does look a bit um, grainy, but it's also just really, really appealing to look at. And, um, you know, I thought that that combined with the clear fun that the that the actresses were, like, having, you know, doing the stuff that you just sort of see them do because you kind of see them just having fun. You know, I found that I it, it made the short really enjoyable to watch. Yeah, it's interesting you picked up on the, the aesthetic of it because it reminded me of a film, an old film called The Warriors. Have you ever seen oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, because of the, the – it's got this kind of old-school New York City vibe and – the gangs kind of running through the streets wild and, and maybe kind of coming to some kind of um, central collision. And it was really exciting. You know, I, I loved the the way that the music was used to create this beat, which often the, the footwear was then kind of tapping to as they were walking along the streets and it kind of escalated as the piece went on. And yeah, they, they, I think they had like a, there was a New York City police car that looked really old so it gave it kind of a, a dated look um to make it feel almost sort of like a period piece um but yeah I, I agree as well it did feel like a trailer like it was certainly like is this is this a bigger piece like surely there's a narrative here somewhere like as to why mm-hmm. these two groups of of women uh, are, are coming towards each other and then once i twigged later on when i read a bit more about it, i was like oh hold on are they they're promoting the clothes right <laughs> it makes more sense now like they, they, there's a ulterior motive here um but it was very well filmed and very compelling and you can see why maybe they picked him because he was able to capture that 
raw, gritty, as you said, I think you said, was it gritty, beautiful, or beauty, beautiful, yeah. gritty? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a perfect description um, because that's exactly what it was. And I think maybe that was the vibe they were going for to promote their clothes. And yeah, Baker seems like a, a great choice for that. Um, yeah, it was really good. Uh-huh. I absolutely. Um, it's it's interesting that you put a lot of. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know if he necessarily conceived it or if he just filmed something that was conceived by other people. Uh, but I do know that like um, he, he he put a lot of effort into it and he made it um, uh, very very like. Again, he didn't necessarily give it like substance, but he did make it enjoyable to watch. Um, you know, and that's kind of uh, it, it, like it, it. It's an interesting like quality that he brought to you know just a simple fashion ad yeah um and it was quite recent as well it was only last year so i would have thought he probably did write and direct it um or actually no he didn't he, he definitely directed it, but he didn't doesn't say he wrote it on the imdb page but mm-hmm. um i would have thought you know given that uh, uh, sort of why they would have approached him i would have thought he would have wanted to create the story but yeah i mean obviously it's it's kind of loosely concocted in order to sort of make way for the the clothes as well but it really works and often you see these on tv you see like a fashion advert or even a music video and they're creating some kind of storyline there and they have to kind of tell it without dialogue because they don't want to do that and there's, there's there's a bit of dialogue in this but not a lot so it almost becomes like a like a silent film and yeah it it, it certainly has this gusto that you see in his other films and a fierceness to the characters there's like a ferocity to the way they're behaving and i thought that was that was excellent um both of those are, w- are worth checking out they are on his um vimeo channel and you can you know check them out for free which is really good um have you got anything else to say about uh, about that one uh not really no 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 i i, I do just want to bring it back to a uh, tangerine as well i uh, just just because there were a couple of things i just wanted to uh say oh, yeah, sure, go ahead. um so uh yeah 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 i found i i did find it to be like uh fa- fairly like pretty entertaining um sometimes funny uh it, it it definitely it kind of it kind of lets its most dramatic moments be at the end uh because it does have a bit of a melancholic ending uh and resolution um, but there is a little bit of hope to it, like like to the ver- the final like scene that that is in the film, uh, without really giving it away. That it, you are sort of left on both a sad note, but also potentially a happy note as well. Um, and I did appreciate that uh, the film definitely had it. It, it was like a, a film that did sort of ramp up the. Um, action i guess you could say or drama um it ramps up to the point to where like in the final bit in like if you've seen the movie the final bit in the donut shop it almost just mm. evolves into people just yelling over each other <laughs> yeah. and that's kind of a dialogue thing that i sort of noticed and you know i say that like it, it i mean it's not it's not like completely inaudible or not understandable but i do think that um i mean it is on amazon prime but annoyingly it doesn't have subtitles so I would say maybe if you get like a DVD copy of it um, and you think you'll have trouble with the accents, then just like uh, put on the subtitles because, you know, because I think that you'll need them, especially as it like goes on and stuff like that. You know, it's just very, but, you know, but but at the same time, though, again, I kind of feel like it, like when the people were speaking in the film, it doesn't feel like they're putting on voices. It feels like they just are how they are. Again, the the only one who I think was doing a little bit of a voice was um, uh, James Ransom, who appears at the end um, as uh, Chester. 
because I mean, and, and he's probably he's the only like recognizable face in the film. Um, and he's kind of putting on a bit of a voice, but it feels very, very natural. You know, it doesn't feel like he's it. It, it doesn't feel awkward or anything like that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, I think I watched it with subtitles. I'm pretty sure I, I normally do. I like watching films with subtitles anyway because I hate missing dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some of these films have got because they've got that very naturalistic approach to the scene. Um, it, it lets it kind of unfold, even if it is scripted. I think it still has a, an element of like you're saying this whilst you're saying this whilst you're saying this. So it is all kind of yeah, as you say, talking over each other. Um, Okay, so let's move to 2017, The Florida Project. Now, I saw this at the London Film Festival, and it I think it stood out to me as potentially the best film I saw while I was there. And that was a good year, I must say. There was um, The Killing of a Sacred Deer was also there. Um, there was a few really good films that year. But The Florida Project just took me by complete surprise. It wasn't anything I had planned to see. I think it was on a day when I was like, I'm in that cinema anyway there's a film in between the two i'm gonna watch so i'll i'll stay and watch this um i was just blown away by it It was such a gorgeous film um really uh multi-layered in terms of what it was trying to achieve in terms of themes and things i also found it um i'd watched not long before american honey and this had a kind of similar vibe to it um and yeah, the more I picked apart, the more I went. I reviewed it for the site, and the more I, I looked at, I was like, actually, there's so much here. There's so much that he's doing, and in a way which was quite unconventional. Um, so the, the story is following um, a, a girl called Mooney and her mum, uh, Hallie, who live in this sort of motel, which is on the outskirts of Walt Disney World, and it's in Florida. So, I mean, you can imagine, obviously, you've got the, the gilded uh, beauty of the, the, one of the world's biggest theme parks. And then just outside, you've got these people that are pretty much, again, marginalized. They are you know, low incomes, often like don't know where the next meal is coming from. I mean, Hallie herself is she has to try and make money whichever way she can. And, and you know, during the film, we see quite a lot of these money-making schemes that she even enlists her young daughter in. But largely the film follows Mooney as like across the summer. Like this is like her summer holidays. And it's it's sort of like a coming of age film, even though she's not coming of age. She's, she's way too young for that. But I think because she gets exposed to such big, heavy themes during the film that it does become that. Um, and then, yeah, then you've got, the different aspects within this community okay yes they've you know there's a lot of there's like drug taking there's prostitution again um but there is also lots of community and free spirit i love it when the kids are sort of going to sort of bribe someone to get ice cream and stuff like this um i really liked it How, how, how about you yeah, I love it too. I think it's definitely, uh, I, I would say still to this day, it's his best movie. Um, I think it's, um, it, it is a great coming of age story because it slowly gets darker and more adult as it goes on. And uh, you kind of see Mooney getting expo- exposed to more and more stuff. Um, I mean, we're, like we are aware of things, but we're also not aware of things. And we but, like become a bit more aware of things that are happening as it goes on like particularly through like you know some some uh, quite really good visual storytelling in regards to moody being in the bath and um 
it's just kind of shown to us a few times but there are enough hints and then the proper reveal as to like the true nature of like why we were seeing her in the bath um i kind of almost i mean i mean you 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 did mention obviously the prostitution angle but you know i kind of i I, I wouldn't necessarily want to fully explain the um, her being in the bathtub, even though if you think about what I said and combine it with that word, you can probably figure out what it's implying. But the point is that, you know, that is that that was a very smart and good way of giving us an idea of um, how she's experiencing this, but also setting it up. So therefore, when we know what's going on, we know like why that was happening in the first place um if that makes any sense so yeah 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 i found it i, I thought it was really it was really effective it was really it was extremely beautifully shot you know really um he shot it on film and um uh the kind of the upgrade in like image quality and you know the camera work is all like really really like it, again it adds to the effectiveness of the film um and i think it's very much one of these stories that does balance being kind of slice of lifey because there are a lot of scenes of the kids just playing but also it's in some ways showing like you know the downfall of uh, Haley and you know her attempts to you know like keep herself going and be there for her kid but also how that ends up having like quite dire consequences um so yeah, I loved it. And uh, what I also kind of noticed as well, and you could say this across a few of his films, is that there is this subtle undercurrent of like social class commentary as well. Mm. Um, I think this film is a bit is a, a lot more overt with it as well. But for the most part, it is just purely through observing the situation, presenting it, and also having these like kind of visual indications. Like this probably wasn't even intended, but the fact that several times we see like a helicopter you know flying up uh we so like we know that it's near disney world um it's all about like the desire to live and to make money in in order to live ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. And also, you know, about the whole nature of um, being kind of like about not being responsible and also 
wanting to take, to take care of others as well. I think all of that stuff kind of bleeds into this kind of social commentary idea that's going on, that's kind of inherent in the film. Yeah, and that's definitely an aspect to the community again. It's it, similar to the, the short Snowbird. You've got these people living sort of all amongst each other and it's making quite, as you say, overt comments about okay, there's these people that live on just the other side of a wall from Walt Disney World and they can't, you know, they're having to resort to whatever means possible in order to pay the rent. Um, and then there's like a moment, I think, when there's a couple who turn up and they're on their honeymoon and they thought they'd booked to go into Walt Disney World, but they the hotel was called something similar and they ended up in the same place and they were just absolutely horrified that they were you know, amongst these people and in, in this place. And it was such a, you know, clear um you know, comment on that making a remark about it that um and then I, what i thought was also really interesting with the film was um the willem dafoe character who plays the manager of the motel who you know reluctantly but you can kind of tell he is besotted with the kids looks after them becomes this sort of surrogate father figure and you know um i think Haley at one point sort of says to him you're not my father but clearly is like does things loads of things to protect her and the children um you know from whatever he can while still running this business and trying to you know do all, all the things that come with that and it was yeah you know, the the idea of taking care of each other i think also Haley has a a friend who works in the diner and she is taking um you know meals from her in all, and then returning it by looking after that person's children and it was this sort of like community idea of, of raising each other and, and being there as opposed to the typical depictions of family life, which is often, you know, two parents, two children living in a white picket fence and it's all, that's how people live. It was like, well, actually, here is a different slice of life. This is a different way of living. And it, you know, yes, it, there's all the hardship, but there's also all the, the love and the fun and the, um, the joy. It's quite a joyous film. I mean, if you look at some of the aspects of the plot, it sounds very dour, but actually, as a film, I found it very uplifting, and especially like, the colour palette that's used. It's got a really kind of bright blue and purple hues being used, and then it's got like rainbows and stuff. That it felt very positive, um, even with all that stuff going on. Is that how you felt about it? Uh, well, I think that like on the surface, it was like that. Um, on the surface it was kind of capturing the pure innocence of childhood, but also again, incorporating in uh, the, the bad aspects or the, the hard aspects of adulthood and being a parent as well. Like Bobby, uh, what the, the, the thing about him is that like, um, again, he is the most responsible one in the film. And uh, you see that aspect also again in uh, Ashley, the like, who is Haley, Haley's like best friend to begin with. But then we kind of see that, disintegrate um and uh the 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 point in some ways is that like this situation and the idea of like having to um uh live up to like just the norms in society like the norms in having to pay the rent uh the norms in having to make enough money to get stuff uh all of that can end up then becoming a thing that can drive people to uh like doing stuff that is kind of unsafe causes problems uh and you know how also just in general like you can try and make somebody be like that but the thing is is that like 
they might not be built for that themselves um like a thing that was interesting to me was that um like Haley like has this daughter but she's pretty young herself and we don't know about the father so you almost wonder if like you know uh like something happened to her in the past like was she like was she born in a really really in an even like worse environment and did she just manage to get here uh when did she become pregnant who did she become pregnant to uh you know like like why is she just on her own and you again think about the fact that a lot of this happens a lot of like the stuff that's going on in the movie is kind of happening because of the lack of opportunities and um like for people like her and also again the whole notion notion of trying to just live your life you know yeah absolutely um i found that to be part of the joy of the film was that you didn't know so much about their backstories that Mm -hmm. you were just thrown into this like microcosm and you're able to sort of feel your way around and also he plays uh, baker plays with the audience quite a lot because he doesn't give you the typical three-act structure um quite often it's it's sort of a little bit more loose than that and Mm -hmm. I, I read one review that said they felt the film was more like a documentary. Um, it, it had that kind of feel to it because it was sort of following these people and it didn't seem to have rhyme or reason. It very much was just kind of showing the different events and then allowing yourself to kind of um, make up your own mind. I mean, I didn't feel that so much because I did feel that it did build towards a, an idea at the end of, as mm-hmm. to you know the, the responsibilities of parenting and stuff. But I did... Yeah, I really liked the idea that it was a bit more free form. It didn't try and fall into a box as much. Um, and I think Baker's done that in, in mo- with most of his films, tried to sort of buck the trend slightly. Um, but uh, The Florida Project really stands out as probably, as you say, I, I, it's definitely my favourite of his films, but I haven't mm-hmm. seen Red Rocket, which we'll get onto in a minute. But Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I, I really definitely uh, love, uh, how the narrative was handled because you know i don't i don't think it felt aimless by any means what i think is that um it was both like showing these self-contained events but also uh letting there be things that then build towards like like an actual like arc or kind of go down because in some ways it is a negative arc for uh Haley. um and it was interesting because you know some people debate on like how sympathetic Haley was and um uh, I did, for the most part, find her to be fairly sympathetic, but there was also quite a lot about her that um, I didn't like. Like, it is clear that um, a lot of the kids are doing the stuff that they're doing because, you know, Haley just isn't a good enough parent. She's just not fit enough to be able to, like, raise the kid properly. But although she's a bit neglectful, she's in no way, like, abusive or anything like that. And she does clearly love her daughter, you know, and that's part of, like, kind of the sadness of the story because it's not, like, a clear, direct, you know, abusive parent situation that, like, Mooney needs to be rescued from. It's more just a set of circumstances, a person who clearly isn't made for this as much as they try, um, and, you know, like, the, the, the this situation driving her to, in some ways, be worse. Although there is an aspect that you could read to, like, to where you could kind of blame her directly for you know what goes on um you know i I definitely think like probably one of my favorite moments in the movie was um a really really chilling bit where basically um uh and and this 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 i I think i should say 
because I, I do want to describe this, I'll say a uh, spoiler warning. Um, there's a moment where um, basically like she finds out that Ashley knows that she's been like prostituting herself and she ends up like basically just out of pure selfishness, just being her up, like just attacking her. And what makes this moment really effective is that they film it from um, kind of from the perspective of um, uh, Ashley's son and he's just like it's just a static shot where she just where he's just looking we don't even know how he's reacting he's just looking and then you just see like you know like Ashley just getting like punched in the face on the floor quite a lot and uh, by Haley um and that it, it's a really effective moment and it's even more effective when it shows like what happens next which is like Haley like going into a motel room and throwing up, you know, and you kind of, and you're, and you're just sort of left there to wonder, like, is that because she regrets it or is it just because of the stress of the situation, you know, like, so yeah. So, so yeah, I, I found a lot of interesting stuff with her. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned yeah, the, how we're meant to feel about Haley. Cause I think that overall, I massively felt sympathetic, empathetic, sorry to her. Um, I think, the whole, even the title of the film, The Florida Project, I, I think it's relating to the idea that the Walt Disney thing in there was sort of originally named the Walt, the, the Florida Project, like it was going to you know, really boom the area. And I think what's quite telling about that is that when you've got a capitalist society and that prioritizes you know, affluence and rich you know, money and things, that inevitably you have to have the downside that comes with it. So it's mm-hmm. almost like, okay, by creating this project, you've then created um, this, this almost like a slum, really, with these people sort of living on the on the dregs on the outside. And I think that she's a byproduct of that. She's a byproduct of that society, which is, look, if you do this, if you follow this method or this model, then you're going to create people like this and create characters like this. Um, you know, and she is not given the support or the help. I think that there's a scene fairly early on she loses her job and she says it's because she quit the strip club because they were trying to force her to have sex with the patrons and it's like they said oh it's not like a good enough reason to quit or something and it's like you know the idea that she has to resort to these different methods because there just isn't the support there there isn't the right um, infrastructure to support um, these families and these people yes I agree I think there's there's times in the film where you're kind of going okay well you're making the wrong decisions here though like you're, you're still not you're not doing what any shall we say in inverted commas logical person would do in a situation but unfortunately you can't really blame any of that behavior on that character because they are a, a complete victim of their circumstances. They've just been left behind by mainstream American society who've decided that you don't fit into this model because you don't, you know, if she had money, then would she even do any of this stuff? Probably not. Um, yeah. Like she, she takes her, it takes Mooney to start selling perfumes and things. And you're like, oh my God, you're actually like, enlisting this child now so of course she's going to grow up to be just like you but it's like well actually if she didn't what would happen if she didn't teach her to be independent and um thinking how she can survive and giving her the skills to to do that you know what what would what would be the outcome then because it could be even worse than what what we're seeing um and i think that's a really what makes the florida project such a rich and deep film there's so much that you can take from it and so much of it that you can unpick that uh, it, it stood out to me as being a, fun, a phenomenal film really mm-hmm. really good 
Uh, have you got any other points on the Florida project before we move on to Red Rocket? Uh, yeah, 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 a couple. Um, so yeah, yeah, I did. So uh, as we said about acting, uh, definitely uh, great in some ways, even better than Tangerine. Um, not just because you do have the presence of like Willem Dafoe and even like people like uh, Caleb Landry Jones as well, who uh, who had a really good 2017. Actually, he was in a lot of great 2017 movies, but he kind of appears briefly as a uh, Bobby's son. But um, I mean, it, so you do have a couple of professional uh, people um but even even about like defoe it's kind of not necessarily um uh i mean he's he's been in so many movies that it's hard to even nail him to a type but this role still feels a little bit against type for him because you can't really like put him into the category of um you know good guy bad guy uh powerful powerless He's kind of all of them, um, you know. Well, well, he's he's not really a bad guy in any sense, but he's he, but he's not like, but he's not like the most loving, caring guy in the world. It, he's more just, you know, a clearly old guy who does uh, really, really care about just wanting to keep stuff going, and uh, you know, you see that desire to like keep things clear, keep things controlled all throughout in many different ways, in obvious ways and in subtle ways. And um, that's why I found the last scene with him to be really, really powerful because it, uh, it's just him letting this stuff happen. And the way I read it was almost like um, he has to let what's going on happen because that's how it's supposed to be. That's that's what it's supposed to be. But he clearly doesn't like it because he does, in his own way, care about um, Haley and Mooney. And he does know that what's going on isn't really like making either of them happy. But he's kind of he's not getting involved because he kind of feels like, you know, this is what has to happen, you know? And um, I don't think he doesn't say anything in that scene, but that was like purely conveyed through just body language and facial expressions and all that stuff. Um, So that was a really fantastic moment. And yeah, obviously in, um, uh, Oh, what's her name? Um, Oh, like I, I can't remember the name of the little girl who played uh, Mooney as well, but um, oh yeah, oh yeah, Bro- oh yeah, Brooklyn Prince, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she did a really fantastic job as well. Like again, very convincing as a little girl because she basically just was being a little girl. Um, you know, it's definitely it's it's a contender for one of the most like uncomfortable uh, crying scenes I've seen in any film as well. At the end, uh, where she does some crying, it's really powerfully acted, and uh, Bria Vinate did. Um, a really amazing job as Haley because I feel like, especially with the whole realism aspect, she could have been really, really obnoxious. But although she is, although she is technically obnoxious, I did sort of see the humanity within her, you know, and she played that really, really well. Yeah, she got the line just right between you know a, a doubtful mother. She was, you know, she doted on her child, but she was also, you know, uh, trying to fulfill these other things these other aspects of her life you know things that she sort of thought she wanted and things that she had to do um yeah she plays it really well and again you know we talked earlier about the casting i think she was one of these people that was cast from instagram um so and then yeah you've got the 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 child actors that work really really well it's a great ensemble actually uh really really works and then um one thing just a point we didn't make mention about the film was the fact that it's also filmed from like a low angle they often are using these like um the children's eye line and or they're looking up at characters as you said like with the the beating scene and things that happens quite a lot where the camera 
is is there at their level and it gave the film a sense of wonderment you know looking up at this this thing and looking up at the world that was really really well done i think that was such a great way to approach the film um i thought i found that that really really good um okay we're gonna move on to red rocket now and as i said earlier i had not seen it i've done a bit of research into the film but luckily robert you have seen it you saw it Mm -hmm. at the festival right yeah i did um okay so why don't you uh, give us a, a rundown of the plot? But yeah, let's definitely avoid spoilers with this one because it's it's not out. Um, yeah, if that works for you. Basically, um, so 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 to like give a bit of a simple description of the plot, it's uh, basically um, it's another movie of his about like a person involved in like sex work but the difference is is that rather than being about a woman who's a prostitute it's about a male porn star and um it's about him like returning to his like texas hometown where he grew up and um uh attempting to like make money make a living um and also eventually get back into the porn scene um so that's kind of like how i describe it and uh, in some ways plot wise it's got a bit more of a clear through line than his other movies but there's still quite a lot of um again just like interspersed like um slice of life elements uh you know just like scenes that are just depicting characters just doing stuff but there are also a lot of like relationships that he has as well uh in the movie and um yeah yeah i have to say so um i didn't like it as much as his uh, priority films but that being said i did still find it to be very impressive i still found it to be very very um uh like like still really well filmed it's still it's shot on film uh kind of like his previous one and um i did find that to be a really um uh like again like i think it it captured like that small town texas environment but it was still really lovely to look at um it also uh was a film that again was about people and um their emotions and their relationships and i think he did that really well Uh, i think he again he worked really well like the amateur like cast uh the one who steals the show definitely is uh simon rex who plays uh, the lead role um he's such a like charismatic yet obnoxious screen presence and i think he really really helps sell this character because you know for anybody who's going to see the movie basically uh, the, the 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 character that he plays in the film like basically the lead is probably one of the scummiest one of the worst human beings that like i've seen in a film recently and i think what does help with the film is that the film isn't really asking you to outright sympathize with him what it's more asking you to do is to sort of um join him on his like misadventures as, as you'd call that and also wait for the moment where everything will come like crashing down upon him uh, and I'm not going to give away what happens in the end, but you know, but let's just say that it's like neither a straightforward happy ending nor a complete downer. Um, yeah, and the film, and and the main thing that I actually think was actually quite impressive about the movie, and, and and this is part of the only thing that does hold it back from being better than the other films is that because he is su- such an unlikable person, it does mean that it is a bit harder to invest in the story in the same way that I could invest in the other two films. Um, you know, because 
the thing about him is in this movie is that like not only is he obnoxious and not only is he really narcissistic but he also does some like stuff that's like deeply illegal and creepy um and you know that 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 definitely like puts him completely into the unsympathetic territory but i do have to admit that um the film what it does get right is that it does does manage to like not glamorize or portray what he's doing in a good light uh without directly like condemning it uh you know because i'm i'm sure that you've like seen the like uh trailer or seen like a plot summary so you or plot synopsis so you so you may know what i'm talking about but basically it's the kind of it's the kind of aspect that um uh is kind of hard to do but i feel like you, you can strike that balance between portraying something as bad and not directly glamorizing it but also not really needing to outright mention that it's bad you know yeah it de- i mean like i've only seen bits and, and what i could i read your review um which is available at uk from if anyone wants to go and read that um and i got a first off it straight away i thought okay yeah this feels like sean baker's wheelhouse this kind of character this kind of uh feeling but then it felt slightly slicker i guess maybe because it's it's newer um but I will definitely watch it. I think Baker's one of those filmmakers that I really want to see what he does and really intrigued to see which characters he decides to, decides to focus on and also how his filmmaking in general kind of develops. I mean, in terms of that, then, like, the, the look and feel of the film, does it... Because both Tangerine and The Florida Project really felt very vibrant. Did this feel like a vibrant film? Uh, from what I can remember, I think it was still brightly lit. Um, it, there, there was a, a bit of a vibrancy to it, but it was also, because of the setting, it was also a bit more down-to-earth as well. Like, it didn't... Um, it, it, it was it, it more balanced in that kind of, like, lower-out uh, Texas environment. Um, you know, and I, I, I remember... You know, I, I do remember a lot of sunny imagery because I noticed that, like, in, in his movies, he does, like, that kind of orange, sunny look, you know? Especially like in he likes shooting like scenes of the sunset or scenes where like the sun is very very like bright and noteworthy, um, but there are also like quite a few scenes that are set at night as well. And so so yeah, so I I think it, it like there's nothing in it that I would say is like a huge departure, but it's not it's not quite the same. Um, and uh, yeah yeah yeah, and it's interesting as well that you bring up like what character he's going to explore next because you know, I mean I feel like he might have run the gambit of um like the kinds of people that can be involved in like the sex industry because you know he's done like male porn star he's done um female prostitutes as well uh he even in one of his uh, earlier films as well he did one he did one called a starlet that was about a female porn star so you know i have to i feel like the only thing you can do is maybe like make it about male prostitute maybe um so like i mean he might do that or something like that as kind of a bit of a follow-up to this one but you know other after that i think he might be done with like stories about um people who work in the sex industry yeah i mean it'd be great to to find out if this is a a thing like is it a checklist that he needs to to get through or is it you know is it just they seem to be stories that he wants to tell um i think yeah there is obviously that very clear connection and the the themes that come with them are also you know similar there's lots of things on there that you know people making decisions or maybe doing things that you know, 
they wouldn't normally do but because they're in the position they're in um that that's what happens so yeah would be interesting to see where he goes from here um have you got anything else on red rocket robert Mm, um yeah i think it's definitely one of those movies that like i was a little bit um i I thought it was good when i first saw it but I, i didn't love it but i do like it a bit more as i think about it um particularly because there's a certain element of this film that um is done a lot better than another uh pretty well received movie that i saw after like way afterwards uh licorice pizza um have you seen licorice pizza i haven't and i've seen all the rave reviews about it though oh okay i'm, I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna de- uh, describe it then for you and it, it is just a little bit of a tangent but basically red rocket and licorice pizza have an element in comparison only I felt that Licorice Pizza kind of dropped the ball. Um, and this is just on my first viewing. I might watch the film again and think differently about it. But the way I experienced Licorice Pizza was that it was really, really good. And then at the end, it kind of completely fumbled. And I feel like in hindsight, um, made the film a lot weaker. Uh, you know, I, I, I just I just really, really did not like the ending of that film at all. But, you know, so and anybody who's seen the movie knows what I'm referring to. But, you know, but basically, so... So I don't know. So because of those couple of things, it does have me looking on Red Rocket in a bit more in more of a positive light, you know, enough to where I definitely say it's um, even if I don't I didn't think it was like outright great. It's still definitely on par with um, uh, his other two movies. Yeah, it's definitely it's really worthy as a, you know, another continuation of that stuff. And um, yeah, 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 yeah. So so, so I, I, I just wanted to mention that. Okay, fantastic. Well, yeah, Red Rocket is uh, out in on March 11th, so I'll definitely be um, keeping uh, an eye out to, to go see it. Um, it's been lovely to chat about Sean Baker's films. I actually feel it was really great for me to jump back in because it made me sort of feel like I was going back to that festival uh, all those years ago. And the when I first discovered the Florida Project, and then it's really wonderful thing about film that when you watch something like that, that does have such a unique voice that is trying to do something a bit different that you feel immediately compelled to see their other films. And that's how it felt for me. Um, so it's been really great to actually do that. I've still got a couple of his that I need to, to get to, as you said, Starlet is, is one of those. Um, they're slightly hard to find, I must say. Um, but yeah, definitely for anyone out there you know, who didn't know who Sean Baker was, I hope this has been useful. Um, but yeah, as we said, I strongly recommend, uh, especially Florida project, Tangerine. Um, I'm going to watch red rocket. Um, the shorts are okay. I think, you know, um worth watching if you want to kind of just have a short injection of sean baker vibe but the, the definitely seek out the the feature films because i think they're, they're really worth your time something very very different um but yeah robert big thank you for joining me tonight and and also for giving us your um your verdict on red rocket because uh, you're the only one of us who's seen it so mm-hmm. that was very yeah. handy um yeah. This has been the UK Film Review Podcast. Um, It's uh, goodbye from me and uh, goodbye from Robert. Yeah. Oh, by the way, just want to mention uh, Sean Baker also has a uh, letterboxed account. So if you want to check out his opinions on movies, then just go uh, go there. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, And yeah, thank you all for, for joining us and we'll see you again next time. Bye.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.